Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today. You're with Ben Dobbin. It is Friday morning, the 27th of October. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning. Talk with Senator Susan McDonald. The Australia Day of the Year award nominees for Queensland have been announced. I'm going to do that. Shane Sullivan from the Clydesdales talking more about yesterday, and I'm just going to give a quick update on just some of the, the, the crap going on. The polling is as clear as clear. Labor are in trouble, um, and the Greens aren't doing anything to help this farming community at all. It's a big show for you. Friday morning, Rural Queensland Today. Senator Susan McDonald joins us next. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Senator Susan McDonald joins us on this Friday morning, a regular and a staple on Rural Queensland today. Senator, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us um, on this Friday morning. Uh, I know you're in Canberra for estimates and what a, a terribly, terribly tough and, and difficult situation it is to have to go down there and try and justify yourself to people who just don't get it. Well, Ben, it is a... It is a, <laughs> it has, it is a different space to be in when you are talking to people who don't value agriculture, who don't understand the dollars that mining brings in, who doesn't understand that uh, remote and regional Australians are the ones who produce, you know, more than half the GDP of this country and yet get uh, only a third of the medical payments uh, across Australia, who don't get their roads fixed, who pay more for flights and food and and so you know it it was once again uh, this week listening to the the federal agricultural minister oh. the, the labor fisheries minister washing his hands of uh, fishing of live export of murray darling basin water you know the, these are people who don't believe in what i believe in what you know david little proud and those of us in the national party believe in uh, they are that, you know, I don't know how how they persuade people to let them into government. They do so much damage, and then we have to go back in and sort it out. But I you saw, know, it is I a good saw, process. I d- yeah, I did mm. see a question that you put to the member, the agricultural minister in Murray Watt, and I saw the question about the gillnet fishing, and I saw the questions about him trying to answer it, and he literally tried to ridicule you and belittle you and belittle the party that you're in. He never answered the question. He was rude, um, and it showed a lack of class and a lack of knowledge. Now, I thought a lot more of Murray Watt, but this fishing issue and this gillnet fishing law is literally is literally bringing an industry to its knees. And if they do it with fishing... They'll do it with sheep. We know that. Then they'll do it with beef. They have a clear mandate to destroy agriculture in this country. It is as obvious as obvious now. Well, that's exactly right. They're using the the front of, you know, uh, methane reduction, um, tree clearing, vegetation clearing, uh, the the Great Barrier Reef. They they use these things that um, as a cover for the fact that they actually just want less agriculture, which is a crazy thing to say because nobody in their right mind wants to see less food being grown. It's the most important thing that as humans we can do is grow enough food so that we don't have to um, 
so that we can have people doing all sorts of things, you know. That our kids can choose to be scientists or, or doctors or plumbers or farmers, whatever it is, but it is the people who grow the food that allow everybody else to have choices. And so to, to be um, so deaf and blind and ignorant to the work of agriculture in this country uh, is is madness, and and I, you know, I don't know how often we've got to say this. You do a great job of talking about it, but we operate to incredibly high standards in Australia. We grow food; it feeds people, it feeds Australians, and a good part of our neighbours. This is incredibly important work, and to to be sidelined, to be denigrated, to have all these policies introduced by Labor, both at a federal government and a state government. Uh, level is is shocking. I think it's dangerous. It's frightening, um, and we absolutely have to call it out and pull it up. And I was so excited to see the new NFF president, you know, come out so strongly with oh, that message what? and say, "Yeah, it's it's enough. It's enough. You can't keep doing this. It's it's dangerous for us all." And um, and and you know, well, you saw Murray Watt when I asked him those questions. You know, completely disregarded the fact that the Fishing Research and Development Corporation, their own funded research uh, group, is saying there is not a problem with barramundi stocks and grey mackerel stocks. The, the fishermen in uh, in the Gulf of Carpentaria and the Great Barrier Reef, they use bigger gill nets so that the smaller fe- species get through. They don't put them down to the depths that they're allowed to. They, they know what they're doing. They have a, a fingling hatchery at Kurumba. Yeah. Uh, initially started by commercial fishermen. You know, anyway, I, I think this anti-agriculture, anti-farming agenda has got to stop and uh, it is only us as Queenslanders and Australians who can really do that by sending a very clear message. You, you know, you can't muck around with food security. You can't stop water um, management projects. You can't keep introducing uh, legislation that makes it harder to farm. It's dumb, it's dangerous, uh, but this is the Labor way. It, it, it is the way they're doing it. I, I, can I talk to you about, and I've got some other questions about the NFF calling out everything, but Labor, Labor's appointment of union mates to the board, um, this is a concern. God, it's a concern. Well, can you imagine that uh, if, if we have somebody who, you know, once met a coalition person once, you know, went to the same function, or you know, Labor howls about it. They're so good at the at the at the feigned outrage and, and being offended. But this latest bloke um, who worked with Tim Ayres, who's a you know union union stalwart, uh, he's been appointed to the to the reconstruction fund with, you know, he, he, his qualifications are union mate. Yeah, uh, I think that it is, um, you know, it, it is hard. The departments do go through a process to try and identify people who are well qualified, but it's pretty hard for the department when they get told, no, nah, this is the person we're going to have. And, of course, we're all the less for it because the National Reconstruction Fund is going to have billions of dollars uh, through its investment mandate. It should be funding uh, minerals processing, agricultural projects, regional development, things that make Australia stronger uh, more powerful, uh, richer, more prosperous, but 
you know, I'm just not sure that that's going to happen because we're seeing Labor drive up wages, the cost of um, insurance, cost of electricity, cost of transport. You know, as a nation, we are getting poorer very fast. Our productivity is down. Uh, we're, we're actively sending mining and agricultural investments offshore. Uh, I, you know, I think that for our children, they won't have the same opportunities we have unless we can stop this, this kind of anti-Australia agenda. And I think it only happens when you have people who've never run a business, they've never been involved in in understanding that you, you have to you know, build something more, make something more. You can't have everybody um, working for the government and, and not you know, growing food, mining products, uh, living in re- regional and remote places and getting the job done. And, uh, you know, it, again, this is why Labor... Their ideology, particularly now that they're in bed with the Greens, uh, it's not a, it, it's not good for this country. We have to call it out. We have to pull it up. So at a, at a state and federal level, you know, how do we have an agenda that's about making Australia stronger, more prosperous, um, and return to some of the values that are practical, uh, are about growing food, about growing uh, mining the minerals, living and working in remote parts of Australia, and um, and, and raising our families. They're the sort of things that we should be focused on. And that's the big thing as well. We talk about that. But the water situation, Senator, as well, um, NFF came out and they called on it. They said, live sheep ban, well, we know about that. The vegetation laws, well, we know about that. The Great Barrier Reef, we know about that fishing. But the water, the buyback and the Murray-Darling buyback, there is and, – and, and look – We've got also the issue of this free trade agreement overseas at the moment. Now, if that is handled incorrectly with the EU, that could be detrimental. That, and th- this is being watched closely by everybody, that if they go over and broker a deal that isn't in the best interest of the agricultural industry, well, I'm sorry, that, that could have generation effect on the industry. And that is the biggest thing that I'm talking about. The EU free trade agreement, like October 30 is coming. It, we're three days away from it, right? And that's when it gets signed. Now, if it gets signed and the deal gets done and it's, it hasn't been done in favour of agriculture, all hell will break loose. Well, it's madness, isn't it? Because Australia is the least subsidised agricultural region in the world. You know, despite what Labor says, says about diesel fuel rebates, which are not a subsidy, they're just, you don't pay a, a, a road user charge if you don't have a road. Um, these are... Uh, these are, um, this, is a, an, uh, this is an industry that does such a terrific job despite no support, none of the, the, the reef um, subsidies and support that um, you know, European farmers yeah. in particular and some of the US get. So it is important that our government negotiates uh, free trade agreements that recognises that, that says that Australian products are grown to these high standards by... Uh, by Australian farmers who aren't supported in other ways. That's why we have to uh, negotiate those benefits and access to markets. Uh, and it's in everybody's interest because when Australia grows high-quality, um, uh, nutritious food, it adds to world food security. One of the one of the great challenges that the world is looking down the challenge down the, the barrel of. So the, the free trade agreement is very important. I don't have a lot of confidence that um, we have. Uh, a minister who really knows how to go about that. 
some of the comments that he made to me over the last few days in estimates about other parts of the um, uh, Australia's export industries leave me really worried that he doesn't really understand the framework that he's working in, the sort of competition that farmers have. But we'll keep fighting for that because, as I say, this is how we ensure food security for Australians, for the rest of the world, because it's only when farmers can grow extra and make a dollar, uh, put it in the bank for when it's, when it's um, difficult days, that's how we are a food safe, food secure nation. And, and so trade is important to us. We should never look down our nose at sending food offshore. It's important to the rest of the world and it's important to our agric agricultural industry and, of course, bringing young people home, of keeping our young people in the industry, of choosing to be farmers and graziers, of getting into agriculture at some different part of the sector rather than go off and live in the cities and do something else. And that only happens when we're strong and profitable and, and people can um, get government out of the way. Ridiculous red tape and green tape is out of the way. That's when farmers really thrive and prosper. Oh, well said. Uh, great to chat this morning. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Ben. Always great to talk to you. We'll look forward to catching up. I know we're at a function later next week, so I look forward to catching up then. So it'll be good to see you. Uh, appreciate your time, sure. Senator Susan McDonald. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. The 2024 Australian of the Year nominees have been announced for Queensland. Now, I, um, I have a list of everybody who has been announced this morning, um, and this is quite spectacular for two individuals from rural and regional Queensland. Now, the 2024 Local Hero for Queensland nominations is Laurie Bateman, Queensland Police Service and world record-breaking sheep shearer in Palm Island. And I thought this was quite unbelievable um, considering, you know, the situation and what is going on uh, around the world. I just absolutely love this. Now, for anybody that doesn't know... Uh, Constable Laurie Bateman is a Queensland Police Service and a world record-breaking sheep shearer. He's a Camilleroy man and a third-generation sheep shearer and his talent for it is so strong that the Guinness Book of Records remains unbeaten. But it was when Laurie began teaching shearing to struggling high school students up to 26 years on the Clippers that he discovered a passion for helping others. So he decided to become a police liaison officer so he could work more with young people of his home district in southwest Queensland. Now, Laurie is sworn, a sworn police officer and a constable with the Queensland Police Service. He works with at-risk children and local Aboriginal people to make a difference, as well as passing on what he's learned as a shearer to local shed kids in the sheds. He's responsible for helping QPS produce the cultural awareness booklet in protecting Aboriginal cultures, sites and artefacts after he noticed cultural items being sold on auction sites. Wow. What a bloody legend. We've got another legend as well. David Elliott, and the co-founder of the Australian Age of Dinosaur Museums for Natural History. And David um, is the OAM, and his chance discovery of a dinosaur fossil during a routine mustering trip in 1999 led to the revival of Australia's paleontology field and the creation of the tourism industry that put Outback Queensland on the map. 
Now, David's initial fossil discovery was discovered by others, began to return to the region to investigate. He and his wife founded the Australian Age of Dinosaur Museums of Natural History in 2002, and it was a non-for-profit charity. The museum first operated on the couple's property, where they conducted dinosaur digs and built an impressive collection of fossils. Later, it was moved on to donated land. Today, it houses Australia's most significant collection of fossils from the country's largest dinosaurs, a major tourist attraction, and it serves as a centre of Australian paleontological research and discovery in Australia. He's 66. He was recognised for his contributions to science with an order of Australia in 2015. Unbelievable. Two people in rural and regional Queensland. I will say this as well, that there are some other very big nominations for Local Hero, and it would be amiss of me if we didn't talk about this. Vanessa Fowler, the OAM and founder of the Alison Baden Clay Foundation, she is also nominated for a Local Hero Award. She has personal experience of the devastating consequences of a family and domestic violence. Her sister, Alison, was murdered by husband Jared Baden Clay in 2012. Turning her grief into a good force of good, she established the Alison Baden Clay Foundation and to share and educate people about family and domestic violence. The foundation also began to strive to be kind, held each day to foster positive behaviour. She also found Allison, founded Alison's Gift, a national training workshop program created to educate the community to recognise the signs of families in domestic violence. At 57 years of age, she has been appointed co-chair of Queensland Governments of Domestic Violence and Protection Council in 2021. She has been recognised with numerous awards, including an Order of Australia in 2021. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful story that is as well. I will talk about the Indigenous Corporation and Brad, Bradley Crosby. He's the other local hero. He founded Where Youth Live Dreams Project, Indigenous Corporation, to making sure young Indigenous people have grassroots community-based agencies to help them connect to their culture. He is 55. He's worked as a youth worker. He's been recognised in Bundaberg and the Fraser Coast and as a finalist, the Outdoor Queensland-nominated the 2023 Australian Charitable Foundation Mental Health and Wellbeing Award. They're the four local legends who have been nominated for Local Hero of the Year. Uh, Young Australian of the Year nominations, uh, Toby Hendry, science communicator. Emma McKeon is the Olympian. Curtis Raymond, founder of It's a Man's Issue, Townsville. And Grace Scott Scholl, mental health advocate. The Senior Australian of the Year for Queensland nominations, Reverend Robin and Reverend Lindsay Birch, founders of Haverfeed Relief Gold Coast. Martin Corkery, Rotarian and philanthropist, Hendra. Todd Canney, soccer referee, Brisbane. And Ronald West, organist and former theatre owner, Coran. Now, the 2024 Australian of the Year nominations for Queensland. Benjamin Bajarson, BM. Speaker, Educator for Domestic Violence, Brisbane. Geraldine Blackwell, Founder, Youth Development Foundation, Strathpine. Marco Rennie, Founder of Men of Business, Gold Coast. And Adjunct Professor, Adam Scott, Innovator in Medicine and Founder of the White Cloud Foundation, Indrapilly. Congratulations to those four. But the world-breaking Shearer, Co-Founder of the Dinosaur Museum, that's, to me, some of the great stories about why this is going.
There is 133 people recognised across states and territories and Queensland awards will be held on the 8th of November in a ceremony in Brisbane. National Straight Out Council CEO Mark Fraser congratulated all the nominees and we at Rural Queensland today congratulate especially Laurie Bateman, the Constable, Queensland Police Service and world record sheep shearer and also... David Elliott, OAM, co-founder of the Age of uh, Dinosaurs Museum and Natural History. Well done. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland Today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, we talked yesterday with Shane Webke um, about just how disappointed he was by the written comments made in an email by Andrew Abdo of the lack of support for the Western Clyde's, Clydesdales. That's the Toowoomba Bay side in the Queensland Host Plus Cup. And his comments were disappointing, but not surprising. Well, we are lucky enough now to have Shane Sullivan, the Western Clydesdale CEO, um, following up after those comments have been made public over the last couple of days. Shane, good morning. Firstly, thank you so much for being with us on this Friday morning. We really appreciate your time. Morning, Ben. Thank you for the time. Um, You've done a lot this rugby league club to get off the ground. I mean, we understand that the Toowoomba Clydesdales were the the first sort of Queensland state-based cup side, and then this year you guys made your debut in the Queensland Cup, and that is the Western Clydesdales. And you've built pathways and you've built alliance and, a, and you've also got an affiliation with the rugby league club out of Sydney in the Bulldogs. How disappointed when you heard about these comments made by Andrew Abdo that he wasn't prepared to fund um, your licence, firstly, because he didn't see that they were in the strategic plan, the Western Clydesdale, or any importance to the game? Yeah, very disappointed um, and frustrated is also the the other word that that, uh, I've used over the last 48 hours. yeah, it's tough. As you just said, we have done a lot of work in the region and, and building pathways and, and getting back into the Host Plus Cup and, and next year being back in the women's B&B Premiership as well. Um, we've worked really hard and, and the region, Darling Downs and Southwest are a, a traditional stronghold of, of rugby league and to not have that footprint in the area and to not have that pathway for the young boys and girls and the men and women playing the game is is, is frustrating um, that the ARLC sees it in that light. So have they um, have they at any stage given you an indication why they don't want to fund you? Have they spoken to you personally or has that come through the QRL? No, it's, it's come through the QRL, Ben, and, and that's... that's um, uh, the way it, it should go and, and Ben Eichen and his team in there are doing a fantastic job in fighting that fight for us and and we really appreciate that the QRL is now bearing the cost of the Western Clydesdale's entry into the, the Host Plus Cup and um, it's, it, it just seems very strange that they, they don't understand what rugby league is in this region and that the QRL have built a true statewide footprint um, across the state for rugby league and and that's, that's filtering into the, the NRL and the NRLW. So 
if they won't fund it and the QRL will fund it, there mm. looks like there's going it's going to end up in court, like one would think, mm. because they want the ARLC and the NRL want a national reserve grade competition, which would be the death of the Host Plus Cup as it is across the state. Mm. Because yep. the funding comes out of there, they, they just wouldn't have the funding. We know we go back to a a BRL competition. How Correct. how big an impact would that have? I mean, we we're seeing the impact of what has happened. Um, even even you know, to be honest with you, with the local league comp, that's taken a little time to regroup again. So, how mm. big an impact would that have if they did pull it and they did go to a national reserve grade competition on the Western Clydesdales? Uh, the, the Western the Western Crossroads would cease to exist. We we couldn't survive, and, and which would have a detriment on all of the local leagues: the the Border League, the Toowoomba Junior and Senior, the the Warwickan Districts, the Roma Districts. That will will have a massive effect on participation and, and growth of of those leagues as well. So it's not just we're not just fighting for the Western Crossroads. We're fighting for the the continuance and the growth of, of rugby league in the in Darling Downs and Southwest region. Um, what's the what's the what's the process now? What's the process now? Is it just a sit and wait? Yeah, well, uh, Ben, as I said, Ben Eichen's doing a, a fantastic job, and, and he's leading that fight for us. So. Um, obviously, my board and, and I are, are very aware of what Ben's doing and very supportive of of what the next processes are for him. Um, certainly, as as you mentioned, there's there's a prospect of a of a legal challenge across the the funding of of all the clubs. The the statewide clubs are doing a, a heap of development across the game across Queensland and and. Um, the funding hasn't changed in at least the last five or six years. Um, yet the, the number of teams in that development pathway and the amount of development work that they're doing for young boys and girls across the state has has increased tenfold. So there, there's a there's a bigger fight than just the Western Clydesdales there, but but certainly. From our perspective and from the QRL's perspective, um, they should be funded for our entry into into the competition. Yeah, and and there has to be. How would you sum up your first year, mate? Honestly, uh, in the competition, and where's the areas of growth? Yeah, it's it's been a fantastic year into the competition. While the the scoreboard doesn't always show it, we were very strong and very competitive and. Pulling together that host plus side in that first year was was a momentous uh, achievement, and and Jason Elton and Tony Coonan did a fantastic job in doing that. Um, we were able to blood um, out of the twenty nine players we used, seventeen of those were were local to the region, and and that's a big bonus as well, and and that continues that growth in the region. Um, our junior numbers are, are strong. Uh, the, the Toowoomba Junior Competition is just keeps growing, and and I think it's it's grown off the back of the Western Clydesdales entry as well. So that junior space just keeps getting stronger, and and we we are feeding players now into the Bulldogs academies and programs, and and 
other NRL clubs as well, which is fantastic. But the big growth area for us next year will be that women's game yep. um, across the region. So our entry now into the BMD competition for next year just closes that pathway now for the girls who are who are playing in Toowoomba and Warwick and Stanthorpe and Tanterfield and all of those areas that are part of our region that they've now got that that vision and that pathway that they can go on and, and those girls will get to play along some NRLW players and, and that's a, a fantastic experience for them as well. Awesome. Yeah, you're going in the right direction. You're right. Um, look, we really hope it comes to a resolution with the ARLC. We are going to do some more work in it in the coming days because it was a real shot um, – a real shot in the arm, how that all went down when we saw that email. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Ben. Good on you. It. Shane Sullivan, we'll take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin. Uh, it is Friday morning, the 27th of October. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, a couple of things, and I think it's a quiet shock that – the 12-month-out polls around this Labor government have finally hit home. A YouGov poll revealed Queenslanders want to replace Anastasia Palaszczuk, but the results have delivered a serious blow to Labor's re-election hopes. So one in five Labor-leaning Queensland voters are more likely to vote for a government if Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk had been replaced as the party leader, it was revealed. Overall, more than half of all voters still don't know who they want to replace but if she steps down and moves over, but among those who made up their mind, there's three significant. And the voters' top pick of operations, Deputy Prime Minister, Deputy Premier Stephen Miles, Treasurer Cameron Dick, Health Minister Shannon Fentiman, depend on where they live, in what state, and the two major parties they currently prefer. So at this present moment, Stephen Miles is leading the race at 10%. Palaszczuk, if was to be replaced as Labor leader, would make less likely to vote for Labor it would make no difference. Um, and here is what really think <clears throat> uh, this poll will bruise Labor. The, the YouGov poll was a blow. Um, it was released and it's a reset. So the struggling narrative has been left flat-footed. The poll is in dire reading for the nine-year Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk is likely to reignite burning questions on whether or not she's really the right person to go to the election. So the satisfaction rating, are you satisfied? That was the big question, right? With the likelihood of an LNP government it is less, and its less friendly union agenda rising, we wonder whether or not union brokers like Gary Bullock will pull the trigger. Now, Palaszczuk has a big advantage, but the poll did not show who else that they would like. This is the drama. At the moment, their primary vote is in a hell of a mess and the two-party preferred vote would see the LNP up to 52% head to power. This has not been the first time and it's very difficult to look at polls and think that they are going to absolutely hand a government power. But we do know that she's out of touch. We do know that David Christopher has made mistakes but is obviously then now listening to the people. 
it was it was very clear, right, right, very clear that it revealed that do- voters are backing David Chrisafulli and LMP to handle Queensland's big issues. That was the big thing. They asked, who do you think would better handle cost of living, hospitals and ambulance, youth crime and delivering the Olympics? And all of them came through with LMP. All of them. And we're worried about the bush on this show. That's what we're worried about. And it is not a good situation for this Labor government. They are on their knees. And rightly so. They've done nothing in any way, in any way, to make or make it easy for people to trust them because they just don't. Now, there is a lot going on. David Christofulli has a real opportunity to lead. Both leaders have faults. But I think it's time that people are starting to talk that the Premier is not up to the job. The damage is in the detail. Now, I would like to say this, that farmers are being sold um, by this policy that is just not right. I've had countless phone calls over the last couple of days. We spoke with Susan McDonald earlier. But these farming organisations are now being sold down the river by the fact of this Murray-Darling Basin. Now, it produces 40% of Australian food and over 70% of the oranges, peaches and grapes. Um, there are never really any buybacks. There's buyouts. Now, when the government buys out a farmer using your money, it reduces the number of farmers and water that can produce for the nation. So fewer workers in the town, less foot traffic, less, more people. There's just not there. Now, no wonder everybody's upset. Farmers were so angry this week in Canberra that uh, they went and talked to them, but no one wants to answer them. Ben Farmers are so upset at the moment, no one wants to answer the questions. All I'm going to say is this needs to be sorted out. It's above the pay rate for Tanya Plibersek. And if the farming community is on their knees, like everybody is saying at the moment, why aren't they coming to help us? Why are they still sticking the knife in? We will not run out of food, I'm telling you that now. But Labor is selling out to the Greens and it is making it more difficult and more difficult. We'll take a break, come back with more. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today for this Friday morning, the 27th of October. Have a great day and even a better weekend. Bill McDonald joins you next. Thank you for the week. And we'll be back from Monday morning from 9am. The best of is on tomorrow morning, so enjoy that. Until next time, from all the team here at Rural Queensland today, stay safe on the roads and remember when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We'll talk to you again Monday morning, 9am, Rural Queensland today with Ben Dobbin. Goodbye.